Welcome to Curito Connects. I'm your host, Jen, and I've been conversing with friends around the world about life challenges and impactful moments. Conversations on this platform look at answering the questions, how we overcome challenges and how our experiences shape who we are and the work we do today. I hope this work can inspire you on your own personal and individual journey. Let's dive right in. Hello, my guest today is Terry Ort, a California-based yoga teacher and Ayurveda practitioner, and most recently an author of Shine Bright Sister, The Real Girlfriend's Guide to Using Yoga and Ayurveda to Access Your Most Radiant Self. Hi, Terry. Hi, Jen. Great to see you. <laughs> Great to see you too. Thank you for joining Curito Connects today. Terry and I first met in Goa in 2020. Oh my gosh, it's already been over a year, almost two years now, <laughs> where we were both there for Joan Hyman's teacher training. And I'm excited to have Terry as a guest today and dive into the conversation about what marriage and divorce taught her, which then also led her to writing this book, of course. So without further ado, Terry, I'm going to let you go ahead and, you know, start sharing with us about your journey. Okay. Well, all right. Where should I start? Well, um, I'll start with how the book came to be. So Shine Bright Sister is a product of actually my 500-hour teacher training from Yoga Works. So we had to do this final project in the last portion of the program. And I had been working on writing and I thought, how could I blend my writing with this project? Because I really wasn't excited about it. And I thought, okay, you know what? I'm just going to write a book. And um, I was in a stage or in a phase of my yoga practice where I felt a little bit stagnant. You know, I felt like, okay, I've been doing this for 20 some years and blah, 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 you know, steeped in all of the wonderful philosophy, all the practice, you know, it's my lifestyle. But I thought, gosh, how can I make this a little more interesting? You know, I just kind of felt like I was in this new phase of yoga and I wanted to bring something fresh to it. So I thought, you know what? I want to write something that's really authentic, right? Something that the average person would find entertaining about yoga and Ayurveda. Maybe somebody who doesn't do yoga at all or doesn't know anything about Ayurveda. And adding to that, I was in, I was having somewhat of a crisis in my life because I knew that my marriage was falling apart, right? So, um, that was the other piece. So I thought, you know, I want to write something that's going to keep me afloat, sort of a self-help piece for myself, if you will, right? So hence the title, Shine Bright Sister. I had to just keep myself going um, and moving forward uh, towards my truth and my authenticity. Wow. It's almost like you wrote that book for yourself, but almost like you wish someone had written that so that you could you could read it during that time that you were going through all that. So can we go back and I guess you can choose whether you want to start off by talking about your yoga journey and how that really became your lifestyle uh, and or we could, you know, kind of integrate into your marriage part and how you, like you said earlier, you were recognizing that it was kind of not working out anymore. Right. And then that's kind of how you integrated the two into producing this book. But they're both individual journeys that really shaped you, actually. Okay. How about, you know, and they are very integrated. So my, my 
my real dive into yoga basically came from um, a level of dissatisfaction in my marriage. So I had been, you know, I, and this, I don't want this to be disparaging at all about my former husband. That's not my intention at all. Um, I feel a lot of gratitude for having gone through that experience because that experience allowed me to grow tremendously and to really step into my truth. And I feel like having not had that experience, I would have just kind of maybe just gone along. And I, I don't know, I just, I feel like all of our challenges, um, they, they happen for a reason and hopefully we can turn them into positive experiences. So anyway, um, I, yeah, I was not doing very well in my marriage. I had just had a couple kids, just feeling very isolated, alienated, not seen by my partner. And so I just started to delve into yoga. I was a stay-home mom for a while, and that was that was a challenge. And I just, you know, I had to get out of the house. I had to take care of myself. And yoga was my escape. And so I just fully delved into that process, into that lifestyle. It's really what kept me afloat during the baby days. I mean, I loved having my children, but um, I was always searching for something else. Um, I've always been a seeker and um, an adventurer. And so having small children was was very challenging for me. And, and having a husband who was very traditional and really wasn't interested in doing a lot of the um, stay-home parenting stuff. So I was doing a lot of that myself. Um, yeah. So I just delved very deeply into the into the study of mm. yoga, the spiritual side, as well as the physical side, and just kept getting deeper and deeper into it. And ultimately, that that was a problem in the marriage um, because he didn't like it. And I think he felt alienated by it. Um, and so, yeah, so I basically, we, we basically started going on two separate tracks. <laughs> I wanted to ask, so like who introduced you to yeah. yoga at the time, right? Like, or the first class you went to. Um, and then, and then, cause you right. know, again, those of us who do practice yoga, there's so many different lineages, lots of teachers. You have to shop around which part of the yoga practice, or like you said, diving into the philosophy really hit home for you that you were like, Oh, this makes like, this makes sense. Like if I can, you know, it doesn't matter if it's the asana practice where you felt much better because you were in control of yourself, you know, versus everything that was happening at home or uh, going into the philosophy side of it and reading these different texts and, you know, um, and then kind of applying that into your day to day and allowing that to kind of change your mindset when you were faced with the different things you were dealing with. Right. Yeah. Well, I would say that, I mean, both of them, the physical component just that disciplined physical component was a huge part, but then also coupled with the um, the spiritual piece. So, you know, the first time I had ever seen any yoga, I remember was when I was really a small kid, maybe I was like 10 or 12. And I used to watch this show on TV with some sort of Maharishi type yogi guy. And he'd talk about transcendental meditation. And I used to be riveted. So it's it's always been something that I've been drawn to somehow, right? Maybe a past life. But I don't want to say any names here, at least in this um, little aspect. Uh, I, I started taking some classes in, um, in, my, in the city where I live here in LA. And I got involved with this one teacher who has since um, gone to jail <laughs> um, because he was involved in some 
you know, inappropriate behavior, unfortunately, with his students. I was not part of that, but there were people that were. Anyway, he was my first like real teacher of yoga. And he was very charismatic and he had a, a large following. Um, yeah. And, but then he fell apart and his whole, that whole world fell apart. And so after that, I, I had to look for another place to go. And I did a lot of Anusara yoga. I don't know if you're familiar with that, with John Friend. And then he got in trouble. <laughs> so, um, you know, I kind of realized, you know, I don't really think I want to be involved with men in yoga because there seems to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I thought I'm going to start just going to female yoga teachers. And so that's what I did. And I ended up um, spending a lot of time um, at Yoga Works and I started doing some trainings through Yoga Works and um, and doing some other practices here in Pasadena at Yoga House, where I first met Jean Heilman, Heilman, and she's a well-known teacher now. You might know her. And she was yeah. one of my first serious teachers. But um, yeah, so that's what that journey looked like. Now I forget kind of what you asked me. Oh, just the philosophy and how it all blended in. I took it all very seriously. I'm sort of a, I don't want to say... Um, I'm a student at heart. I take these things really seriously. I I was always sort of religious when I was a kid. I grew up Catholic and I'd read the Bible and I took all of that so seriously. (laughs) I'm very much a fallen Catholic. No, 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 no. There's not a vestige of Catholicism left in me. But um, yeah, so I took it all very seriously, just ate it all up, read it all, applied it. Just, I was just devoted 100%. And, and, and it kept me, it kept me afloat is what it did throughout the raising of my kids and my marriage. It really gave me, um, a foundation to stand upon when I was feeling depressed, frankly, and at the depth, at my, you know, in my depths of depression, it just kept me going. Mm. Yeah. So then we transitioned from yoga keeping you grounded mm-hmm. and how did you navigate the marriage part which I guess this can kind of go in a little bit into your book obviously as well but yeah. just working through that process of you're in this marriage you're stay-at-home mom yoga was your kind of fundamental foundation that that was like your happy place yes. uh, and, and then navigating raising kids and and staying in the marriage and your role in the marriage and communication, no communication, where's the self, your support group, yada, yada, all this stuff, right? There's there's a lot of different pieces. Yeah. Um, And then at what point um, did you say, or both of you, I guess, because it's a a two-party situation that you recognize like, all right, this, this can't keep going. Well, what happened was, you know, obviously, as I started getting deeper into my practice, um, you know, I wanted to take more trainings. I knew that I wanted to teach. Um, I wanted to put myself out there. And he wasn't that supportive of any of that. Right. And um, so I started doing a lot of things under the radar, believe it or not. I mean, I would just wouldn't call attention to myself what I was doing. He was so busy and I had other part time jobs, too. So I kind of, you know, we were busy and we were just moving through our lives. Um, And I had 
a good circle of friends who were yogis as well, who, you know, they were my confidants and they just kept me going too. So I had a community that I felt supported by. Um, and then, you know, I went to India for the first time with a girlfriend and that was, you know, obviously, um, such an awakening experience. And that was the first time that I was introduced into Ayurveda. So that must've been about like 10 years ago that I went there for the first time. And I had an Ayurvedic consultation and that just blew my mind. I thought, okay, I'm so interested in this. I got to pursue this when I get home. And so I did. I found an Ayurvedic practitioner locally. I started to go to her and I became so interested that I thought, okay, I'm going to study this. And so I did. And so I started to take classes and he, my former husband, was very opposed. Just so we fought about it all the time. I don't buy into this. I don't believe in it. This is garbage, you know, but I just kept going forward with it. And he was just not supportive at all. Then I started to have my own practice, not supportive. Um, I, again, started to fly under the radar with it. it got to the point where I just couldn't even talk to him anymore or confide in him about anything because he just, he didn't believe in me at all. He literally did not believe in me. And so I knew, I was like, okay, it's going to happen. This is going to end. I don't know when, but I'm not going to be able to sustain this. This is, I have to be able to be authentic in my relationships with people and I have to live an authentic life. So um, I knew it was just a matter of time. And I told him I, at one point, then I just said, you know, this isn't going to work. And, and then he, we, we went to counseling and we did all of that. And um, it even got to the point where the counselor at one point said, you know, between me and you, I'm not supposed to say this, but um, you should just go ahead and get a divorce. <laughs> so um, even the therapist was like, it's time. This is not going to work. So mm. me about five years after that to actually do it. So, yeah. And then it happened. And so I, I initiated it and, um, it was hard, but, uh, it, it was, it was like being a warrior on my path. That's what it felt like. I felt like I was a warrior moving forward and moving forward towards my light. Like there was a light ahead of me and I was moving towards it. You know, I had to shed, I said I didn't have any Catholicism left in me, but I actually lied because, you know, I have all this guilt that comes from that tradition. And, you know, yeah, we're in 2021, but still the idea of getting a divorce in this culture that I was raised in, it's just like, you know, I don't know people that are divorced. It's, I know it sounds crazy, but um, I didn't grow up in that world. Uh, and so for me to think, oh my God, I'm going to get a divorce, it was huge for me. But I, I, I was dying inside. I just, I had this light, but it was slowly starting to extinguish. And so it was through the yoga, through the spiritual practices, through the physical practice that the light literally kept going. The light, the flame kept alive from the practices. It really did. And that, and that, that was what fueled me. Um, forgive all these metaphors, but that's what really allowed me to keep moving, just moving towards the light. And hence the title, Shine Bright Sister. Really, that's where it comes mm-hmm. 
Oh, wow. Okay. I, I am a little curious though. So I'm just going to ask uh, this question. Like when you were trying to communicate mm-hmm. with your ex-husband, mm-hmm. at some point, was there like an, I guess I was just curious, it, was there an expectation from his side, you know, in terms of, because you said he didn't really support you in a lot of these endeavors or, you know, these things you were interested in and wanted to do. What was he expecting out of the relationship? Good question. You know, um, you know, for years I had been a teacher and I guess he was very comfortable with me in that role, you know, like a classroom teacher. I guess he thought, okay, that was an acceptable thing for me to be doing. Um, I don't know if maybe he was threatened, like I said, just by whatever, the elusiveness of yoga and Ayurveda, something he didn't understand. He's a very, he's a very logical, you know, um, scientific minded. So he looks at everything through that lens. Um, just, I think he's, I think it's just, you know, he's very closed. There was just, it's really hard for me to explain. I don't really understand what he wanted from me. And then I realized, you know what, it's, it doesn't really matter at this point anymore. Like I I can't be worried about what this person wants from me. You know, you're in a relationship with someone and part of being in a healthy relationship is honoring each other's paths, right? Like I don't have to, he's a runner. He's a marathon runner. I don't like to run, but do I support him in his running endeavors? Of course, go run all over the world. I think it's great. You know, that's the kind of partnership I want to have with someone where we can pursue our own dreams and respect each other for those dreams. And that just wasn't happening. And so, you know, so I knew this is just not, this is not right for me. This is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah. And with, with your kids during that period, uh, how did they navigate the situation, you know, because they always say kids are very smart, <laughs> right? It doesn't matter how old they are. They can sense it, you know, when mommy and daddy are not getting along or, you know, they can, it, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter if they're little or if they're older, um, were they affected in any way or was it communicated when you guys were uh, going through this whole process? Or- yeah. So, you know, it's funny when my kids were younger, now they're nine, they're 18 and 20, but when they were about like, let's say four and six, or maybe a little younger, I had filed for divorce at that time. And, um, but then we, it didn't go through, we ended up trying to work it out. And that's when we started to go through all the counseling and all of that. Um, and my kids were very aware of our dynamics. Um, and then, you know, I've got letters from my daughter telling me things like, mom, you know, you need to find somebody who loves you and be with somebody that makes you happy. And, you know, then as my kids are getting older, you know, if you're in a relationship that isn't healthy, you know, it really gets, it gets pretty intense when you recognize that your kids are watching the dynamic and how it's unfolding. And I've got this young woman, this young girl, this daughter of mine, brilliant girl. And, um, you know, how do I want to present to her that a woman shows up in a relationship, right? So in the end, that's really what helped me to move forward. You know, I want to show my kids 
what a healthy relationship looks like. And if I stay in this relationship, I'm not doing them any favors. My daughter is going to have a very poor model of what a marriage should look like. And my son too, right? Both of them knew I wasn't happy. They could see what was going on. Um, and they knew what kind of a person I was or who I am. So that in the end, that was the impetus really just to move forward, just to be authentic yeah. in front of my, my kids. Yeah, for sure. It's very important as well. I've met, it's funny that you just said that because I was just having a conversation with another friend last night who, and we were talking about relationships and he did mention too that growing up, his parents were always fighting, right? So it's, that is, you know, we don't talk about this enough, but, and again, we don't have to call it trauma, but just uh, experiences that really sink for you, right? Like mentally and emotionally, but you might not recognize it until later on. It's like, why do you react this way to certain relationships? Ah, okay. Because when you were two years old, this incident happened or when you were four, so you don't realize that impact it has on the kids it's and so how it translates. And, you know, as parents, no matter how hard we try, we're going to mess our kids up somehow, right? I mean, it's just going to happen, right? Because we're making mistakes and we're carrying our own garbage from, you know, our parents. But hopefully, you know, as we evolve, we become more aware of what we're carrying, right? And then we can let that go so that we don't pass it on to the, our next generation, right? At least being aware of it and being able to, you know, um, discuss it with our kids or other family members. It's a means for healing. But um, yeah, I see how my kids have been impacted. We, it's not like we were fighting all the time, but it's just a general energy that's in the space. It doesn't have to be fighting. It's mm -hmm. just this, this strong disconnect that is evident every day. And what a sad model for a relationship is that, you know, it's not healthy. Yeah. So yeah. best to be a truthful and authentic. Yeah. And it's okay to be vulnerable too. Absolutely. So you had mentioned that divorce, this, you know, this notion and idea of divorce was kind of like alien to you because you didn't grow up around people or families that were divorced. So when you were going through this process, and I know you had mentioned your, you know, yogi circle, you had a lot of uh, yogis who were around you, who was your support network, but, and, and your counselor as well. But did you then meet other divorcees uh, to have those conversations uh, did you seek, I mean, I guess divorce as a topic, right? Marriage and divorce. Uh, so not, not yoga self-help books or, you know, those kind of books, but just did you dive deeper into understanding like the divorce subject matter, I guess, and, and, and finding others to converse with or like understand like, well, Cause it's not an easy thing to navigate either. Right. Like it's like, there's a lot of legal stuff. There's the kids stuff. There's like the finance stuff. There's like, you know, splitting assets. There's a lot of things that, you know, it's like when you get married, married, it's like, okay. And it's like a share thing. Now it's like, we got to split everything up, you know? So how was that for you? That was terrifying. So 
everything that you just mentioned, it's, you know, I don't know if you ever read Joseph Campbell and whatever the heroes, what is it? The hero's journey. Just, it, it literally is, it's like you're on this quest, right? And you're, it's so terrifying because it's all unknown. But what I found was that I was, I was just so calling out to the universe throughout the whole process. Literally, I don't think I've ever felt so plugged in (laughs) to like a higher power than when I went through this divorce. Honestly, like something else was carrying me through Uh, because all sorts of miracles happened along the way, you know, just omens, signs, people coming, you know, onto my path to help me from, you know, from my attorney, just to random people I would meet at different gatherings. Um, you know, I did have some friends that were going through serious struggles in their marriages at the time. So that was really helpful too, just talking. Um, but everyone has their own way of navigating, you know, their divorce too. So one person's blueprint doesn't necessarily have anything to do with yours, right? Everyone's going to have their own unique way of navigating. But yeah, I definitely did have a few key people who, you know, without them, um, I would have been, um, I would have felt a lot more isolated. Um, It's just, it is nice to have those people by your side. And now that I am on my own, I'm still, you know, very close to my friends who are married, obviously, but it is different. It does feel different Um, just because I don't, you know, I don't compromise anymore. <laughs> I, I'm just, I just live my life. I make my own decisions about everything. And after um, 25 years of um, being in a partnership, you know, it feels pretty amazing to just make all my decisions on my own. And, um, and I like it. Um, But yeah, but there was a a huge learning curve involved in terms of the finances, figuring things out, just managing everything by myself. Um, But it's worth it. It was worth it. It was 100% the right decision. I'm so happy. I am so whole. I feel more balanced than I ever have. Um, so you know what? We go through these challenges, um, but on the other side, there's something beautiful waiting for us. Yeah. yeah. I think you you hit the, um, the nail there when you said when you were going through that process, it's almost like because you were ready. You were ready to tell the universe, like, I'm ready to do this. And as you put your mindset to it, then like you said, all these miracles, you know, people and incidences just kept coming. And it just kind of like, almost like pushed you along, you know, like, I think before it sounded like you were hesitant, you said you had filed earlier on when the kids were younger, but it didn't go through. So you were really trying to like make it work. But then when you made that decision to say, all right, this is it, we're going to do it, then everything kind of came together. You're absolutely right. 
You're absolutely right. And, and, you know, and it takes time to figure out what, when the right time is to do something, you know, and some people might take years to make that decision. I mean, I took a long time. Other people might, you know, jump into it quickly. But when I look back in hindsight, it all happened as it was supposed to, you know, I, I had to be 100% ready to do that. And then I just felt everything supporting me. Um, and, you know, so in the end, it just becomes about trust, like trusting your own journey, whether it's, you know, your career journey, your journey as a parent, your journey through a divorce, your journey through someone's dying that, you know, that you're very close to um, just trusting whatever's happening on your path, how it's unfolding um, and just being open Um to the possibilities of learning and growing from the challenge. Yeah, mindset, complete mindset right there. <laughs> it is, and being 100% present to it, like being able yeah. to recognize the pain that you're feeling, sitting in it, not pushing it away, and just letting it flow through. Yeah. So we have a few more minutes left, but I wanted to, you know, thank you for sharing uh, this process and journey of yours and kind of go into your book, obviously, Bright, uh, Shine Bright Sisters. And, and uh, maybe you can share with the audience a little bit who are listening how this book can help those who you know, who resonate with your story. Maybe they feel stuck. They're also kind of trying to decide, you know, whether you're a male or female in your relationship, trying to decide, like, I totally resonate with Terry there. I feel stuck. I'm not myself. I want to get, I want out. Uh, how can this book um, help them in a way, right? Because I, I, that's what this book is about. So the book itself, you know, when you're reading the book, it's not necessarily about being stuck. It doesn't necessarily address that, but what it does address is how to get in touch with your light, let's say, right? So um, we don't have to be going through a tremendous challenge to want to get in touch with our light, right? Or to need to get in touch with our light. Um, so the, one of the things I talk about is the daily healthy ritual, which is um, a mainstay in Ayurveda. Just, it's called Dinacharya. And Dinacharya literally means your daily healthy ritual. And so I talk about how my daily healthy ritual is really what allowed me to weather um, the storms that I went through in my life, let's say, or just the daily healthy ritual and just some of the other practices in Ayurveda that help keep you grounded, right? So if we have a healthy daily ritual, it keeps us present, right? It keeps us in a, a container that we can work from so that when things are being thrown at us that we're not expecting, you know, it's okay because we have this routine. We have these healthy things that we do to keep ourselves nurtured, if you will, right? 
the simple things, whether it's having, you know, your warm water and lemon in the morning, whether it's doing three minutes of pranayama breath work, whether it's doing a simple yoga sequence, whether it's, you know, loving yourself by putting on some really lovely um, herbal infused oils as you take care of your body, you know, whether it's taking your special herbal supplements, right? Um, having specific mantras that you use for grounding. So that book, what it does is it distills what I think are some pearls of wisdom from Ayurveda and yoga that anyone could use to just bring about balance in their lives. Because with the balance, we're able to make better decisions for ourselves we're better to, or more able to reflect. So the practices encourage reflection, right? And when we're reflecting, we can recognize what's working for us and what's not, right? We're not just going to be making random decisions. You know, we're going to be able to say, hey, you know, this isn't really working for me. Maybe I should make a change. Um, and so with these rituals that I have, I'm going to be able to make a change because I'm going to have some sense of, um, equanimity in my life. And so I'll feel safe and I'll move and I'll make those little changes, right? And I'll keep my inner light going with these practices so that no matter what's coming my way, I'm going to be able to shine brightly and access that inner light. So that's what... That's what the book is presenting. And it is it is being um, presented to women. I'm speaking to the sisters. I use the term sister a lot and goddess. But obviously, anyone can read it. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone out there can read it and go, oh, yeah, this is these are some good things to keep in mind for my wife, my daughter, my sister, my friend. Yeah. That is true. But now that's I'm now curious though, because what would you say is an equivalent for men, right? So you said your book is for you know, because of course the title is Sisters and Goddess, Muses, but what what about men? Yeah, what about men? Have, have, have you <laughs> come across any other authors who've kind of recently been writing similar like, you know, in that yeah. same gen genre where you know, because men don't really talk about this stuff that much, but they actually need it just as much too. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I think that there, you know, I have, I can't think of any specific authors or names of books, but I know now that there's more, um, let's say, discussion groups and whatnot designed for men to come together and just express their vulnerability and just talk about their challenges because absolutely men absolutely need this, right? Yeah. Because so many men suffer from depression and, you know, the way men are raised in our society, they're not raised to be open, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so they can definitely um, benefit. So maybe I need to write a book called Shine Bright Dude, but... <laughs> But I think a guy should write that book, not me. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's not even a male female no, thing, it's right? Not. It's it's it's, it's just it's just humans, you know. And and I think kind of going back to what you're you're referring to with the light, it's really just 
um, you know, obviously the book came about because of your own experience, which was through your marriage and your divorce. And you recognized that it was, you know, dimming your light and you wanted it to shine brighter. And that's where this book came about. And it's so, so, you know, it's very nice that you kind of made it more for the masses, not so much for a specific, like, divorcee type book, but it's more just like for anyone, anyone who's a little bit stuck, anyone who feels like their light isn't like shining bright out there and that it's getting dimmer and dimmer because of, like you said earlier, maybe you're stuck in a career you don't like, or maybe you're um, having issues with, uh, you know, or, you you know, you have a sickness or whatever it is you're, you're struggling through at the moment. um, It's dimming your light. So the book is helpful in that way to kind of remind you, like you said, with the daily rituals, to kind of go inwards in a way, right? It's a more applicable, less philosophical, like you said earlier, a, a more approachable book for for someone to pick up and read and understand like, ah, okay, it's very practical. I see how this can be applied to my day-to-day. Um, but I think the the bottom line of what you also illustrated earlier too was the importance of listening to yourself and trusting yourself in any situation you're in and it's not to say you're compromising what you want in that situation, but understanding where your boundaries are, right? Like in terms of like, are you, you know, is it is this issue that big of a deal to be upset over? You know, will, will I not be able to sleep? Like, you know, do I really need to fuss over that? But and if you can understand where you are at, right, by doing all that, you know, your daily rituals and like you said earlier, like the box that you have to really kind of stay grounded, Yes. then none of those things will affect you or shake you as much. Exactly. I love the way you encapsulated that. <laughs> that was my just my summary so we could wrap up later. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a perfect summary. And with that light, you know, light is discernment. It's illumination, right? Um, it's transformation. It's so powerful. And we all have it. We just have to nurture it. it. We have to nurture it and we have to let it shine, right? So that book, Shine Bright Sister, and I'll give you some really, really practical, hands-on ways to make that happen. Oh, awesome. So I'm going to obviously include the link for people so that they can buy it on Kindle or on on paperback. Uh, And then also your site, if people are interested in getting um, Ayurveda consultation. You also still teach yoga, right? Like in LA? Yes. Yeah. So I'll provide all the links so people can follow you and find you. Um, And yeah, thank you so much. And good luck with the book. I know you just launched it. so, So hope it goes well. Jen, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to Curito Connects. For more Connects content, collaborations, and discoveries set to inspire you on your own individual journey, please head to our website at www.curito.co. Until next time, stay inspired and thank you for joining us at Curito Connects.